There have been a few interesting things that have happened over the past couple of weeks with this trafficking organization that uh, I'm going to share with you. And then I'm going to share with you a bit about how we are fighting them. And you're going to say, well, Mandy, don't give away your strategies. I'm like, uh, well, I have been telling the this organization from the very beginning that if they do XYZ, then this is what's going to happen. And they do XYZ and this happens and they still don't believe me. So from where I'm sitting, they're not too smart. They are using the exact strategies over and over and over and over again because they used to work and they think that they will keep working even though they've been proven not to work. So I'm not too concerned about the fact that even though I know they're listening, they're not. I'm not giving away our strategies because they still think that their ways are going to work and our ways are failing. Now this comes to a cliche uh, quote that has been said for many, many generations that most people ignore and other people turn their nose up at because they don't like it. Those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. One of the reasons I think people turn their nose up at it and don't like it is because they don't quite understand it. It doesn't mean that if you refuse to acknowledge what happened in history, history is going to repeat itself. What it means is that we cycle. Society cycles, history cycles, everything cycles. And if you don't learn from what happened before, then you are going to get the exact same results that you get that happened before. Uh, I boil this down into if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you always got. Now, kind of piggybacking on the last uh, podcast, there is a, an organization that is under a lot of scrutiny right now, and they are being thrown under the bus uh, media-wise. And I was reading an article about uh, the per- person in charge of this organization <coughs> and how this person was answering some people who had taken legal action against him. And there were comments in the article. And one of them said, why would a big crime organization use the courts and media to attack this other organization? They use other methods to stop people that are much more consistent with how criminal organizations deal with things like this. That comment concerns me because what that says is that these trafficking organizations are getting away with it because they figure that if they do what they've always done, they'll get what they always got. Uh, Meaning they don't think we're smart enough to catch on to what they're doing. So if it worked before, it's going to work again. Now, I pointed out a whole lot of illegal activities and how the trafficking organization has bought off judges and lawyers and cops. And 
the fact that there is still a great number of people out there who don't believe that a criminal organization would ever infiltrate, you know, these great systems that we have is should be disturbing to you also because they have they have for many many years and the more that we ignore it as a society the more that they get away with it there were about mm, 20 25 years ago a group of people actually it was just a family that wanted to get into power and they worked really hard they were very charismatic they seduced the media, they seduced the general populace, and they started getting the power that they craved. Now, in the process, one of the people lied and sat in front of the media at a news conference that they had called and said, I didn't lie. I promise. I never lied. And then it showed up that they lied. And even then, People still gave them a pass because they were pretty and they were in power and they were charismatic. And the one person in the family, they ran their power out and the other person wanted to jump in and get their power and actually distance themselves from the first person so that they could have power and use the first person as a way to get more power for themselves. And then they kind of ran their power through the media. Now, the interesting thing about this is that while this was all happening behind the scenes, it came to light that 15 of their close friends died very mysteriously. Not suicides or murders. That was how it was reported very mysteriously. Now, I got to tell you, if 15 of my close friends died mysteriously, I would be under investigation. They would be looking at me like I was the worst person in the world. I wouldn't have any friends left, but they would also be looking at me like I was the worst person in the world. And yet, nobody did anything to these people. Why is that? It's because they were in power and they looked exactly the way that society and the general populace thought that they should look. Now, you're wondering who these people are. I will tell you, the Clintons. They, You can agree or disagree with their politics, but look at how they came to power and look at how they stayed in power and look at what was happening around them while they were in power. And the general populace and the media just fell over backwards for them. They were the most fabulous people in the world. Well-spoken. Everybody loved them. They said and did all the right things. That is what history has proven. It doesn't really matter what your message is as long as the propaganda is what everybody wants to hear. Okay, so I have talked to you a little bit about how... Hitler, and I know I keep coming back to that, but I told you before, I'm a very weird World War II history buff. Uh, So how he used apathy. Now I'm going to talk about how they used propaganda, right? So they would do these photo ops and they would film uh, people doing regular things 
and they would make sure that they got these people doing everything that the general populace wanted to see them doing. And they'd put this bright, cheery music and this great uh, voiceover with it, and everybody loved what was happening. Then they would do these photo film ops with Jews, and they would put them with dark lighting and bad music and weird wording over it, and nobody liked watching it, so the Jews were bad. Okay. It kind of escalated because, in their words, if you scare the people, then they won't do what you want them to do. So what they had to start doing is as they were putting the Jews in these concentration camps, they were having to give a different message to the world and show the world that, no, no, we're just helping them. So look, I get it. They're, they're all in the same place, but we're taking care of them and we're following all of the rules of the Geneva Convention. And look, we're filming all of it. They're playing sports. They're around all this food. They're together as families. They're not any of this stuff that you're hearing over here. Then as soon as they would film them, they wouldn't go kill them yet. They would take them and they would make them go write letters to their families uh, who weren't in the camps yet. We're having a great time. We're being taken care of. You have nothing to worry about, no concerns. And then they would mail off these letters to the families and then they would kill them. So you have the double propaganda where they were picking how the world saw how they were treating them. And then they were assuaging the fears of their families. And then they were doing whatever they wanted to because what they were doing was so ridiculously unheard of that it just couldn't be true, right? Again, propaganda. Now, I get it. You're saying, Mandy, you always keep bringing up the Jews and World War II and Hitler and the concentration camps and how they used apathy and propaganda and how they lied and how they did all of this other stuff. But that was then, and it's never happened since then. Um, that's a lie because it has. Now, I'm going to use uh, some examples from the Catholic Church, not because I don't think the Catholic Church is a good church and it doesn't, it's not full of good people, but because it gives a very good example of what I'm talking about. I do think the Catholic Church is a good church. I have a lot of friends who are really good Catholics and I have no problem with them. So this is not um, a strike against the Catholic Church. Please don't think that I am bashing on the Catholic Church. All right. <coughs> However, Many years ago, some priests started taking advantage of boys, and they made sure that they inserted themselves into these boys' lives and that they became friends with the families. So if the boys tried to say anything, the parents are like, no, this priest has befriended my son, and he's helping him get into school and college, and they love them, and we've had him over for dinner. These are the nicest people. There's no way that they could be doing anything like people are claiming. 
This went on for decades, and it was widespread. Now, how in the world could such a horrible thing happen over and over and over and over and over again, all over the place, and nobody stop it? Because the upper echelons, and I'm not talking about the Pope, and I'm not talking about the cardinals, I'm talking about the people who were over the priests. They were the ones that were protecting the priests. If you look back at the reports, every time somebody would get very suspicious about what was happening, all of a sudden that priest got moved to another church so that they could start doing it again and not get caught. They just got moved around because people would wise up and they didn't want to discipline the priest. They didn't want, they didn't care if the behavior stopped. They just didn't want to get caught. So you're looking at similar <clears throat> propaganda where, no, it isn't our priests. Look, they're moving around. They're caring about the boys. These boys, they just don't understand what's going on. Until when was it? And this big controversial awful thing exploded in the Catholic Church and all of a sudden they had to take care of it because they couldn't keep it under wraps anymore. The propaganda blew up. And that's the thing about propaganda is it's based in lies so it cannot uphold anything. It's propaganda. The Catholic Church had to go through this kind of cleansing where they had to get rid of these priests because they were bad. They were not actually Catholic priests. They were pedophiles and sexual predators. They were masquerading as Catholic priests and they were using religion to hide in. If you think that Hitler is the only example of hiding uh, so that they can do the bad things that they want to do, then you're not paying that close attention to your own life because this Catholic uh, controversy, it blew up just a few years ago. It was not really that long ago and it was worldwide. So I could give you all kinds of examples of this going through society and how we cycle through, but that's not really my point. My point is, how do we fight this? Because like I said, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you always got. So, <clears throat> all right. <coughs> You're saying, I get that, Mandy, but you understand that World War II was huge and one or two people didn't make that big of a difference. And I get that, Mandy. This uh, Catholic controversy, this whole uh, criminal activity that happened hidden in their religion was huge, but one or two people didn't make any difference. All right. It depends on what the one or two people actually do. So if you fight the way that they do, no, you're going to lose. Like I said, propaganda can't hold itself up. Lies cannot hold themselves up. Apathy cannot hold itself up. All these negatives have nothing to stand with. And so if you fight the way that they attack, then yes, you will lose. If you go back to any of these awful things that happen throughout history, who won against them? It was the resistance. Now, why is that a big deal? Because of how the resistance did it. Now, if you look at even the definition of what resistance is, it isn't attacking, 
it's holding against. So it wasn't actually going and you attack first, and it's not defending against because there's nothing we can defend against. I've got people trafficking people who don't live in my house. How am I supposed to defend against that? I can't, but I can resist it. I can stand against it. I can hold firm while they are trying to push and do what they want to do, right? Now, there are a couple of components to resistance that these organizations don't take into consideration and don't use as their own personal strategies. I think they should, but they don't, and they actually never have. Now, one of the reasons I don't think they ever will is because it requires an amount of humility. And <laughs> as we have talked, these people have zero humility. All they want is power and control. They are not interested in any form of working with somebody else and admitting that they can't do everything themselves. So we don't really have to worry about the fact that they might all of a sudden become humble and start using this strategy. Okay. When I say it takes a certain amount of humility, what I mean is within the resistance group, it's fluid. It also kind of appears as one person doing the same thing. That benefits the group in many, many ways. One, the people that you're fighting against do not know how many people are actually in your organization because it all shows up as almost one person. So you can have 50 people over here doing very, very similar things and they think, oh, there's just one person and if we catch this one person, then we have stopped this quote, quote, group, right? Okay, so that's uh, one of the things that it does is it makes it very fluid and it makes it very difficult to stop. But it also allows several of these people to come and go without being detected. Now, this organization, this trafficking organization that I am talking about, uh, they think, well, they've tried several things to try and not be detected. They've tried to have me look over there, you know, don't pay any attention to what's going on over here. Well, that doesn't work. Then they've tried to go quiet. Well, the more quiet the upper echelons go, the more I know what position they hold. So that doesn't work either. Uh, they've tried to claim that I'm crazy. They actually tried to bring one of their trafficked victims out of hiding to get me to believe that nothing's happening. Uh, <clears throat> that was one of the things that happened the other day. I will use her trafficked name instead of her real name. Uh, she goes by Cherry when she is selling herself. And uh, we have been looking for her and asking for them to produce her for a year and a half. And they finally decided that they would uh, just the other day. And she has shown up in the weirdest places, uh, surrounded by lies and very scripted. And I'm supposed to believe that that means that they're not traffickers and this is all above board and I'm crazy and making everything up. Well, no. 
I we actually recorded. I had my daughter record the conversation, and I I call it a conversation, but it wasn't uh, that I had with her when she uh, got dropped off at my house to you know see me and let me know that everything was just fine. You listen to this conversation, and I'm almost tempted to actually. Uh, let uh, put it on my uh, common sense page and let you listen to it because it's very interesting. She gives her script and I don't respond the way I'm supposed to. You know, it's that telemarketer script. I say this and they will say this. And when they say, say this, then I will say this. Only she said this and I didn't say what I was supposed to say as part of the script. And she repeated what she was supposed to say. And I, once again, did not say what I was supposed to say as part of the script. And she couldn't handle it. And she blew up on me and went off. And now it sounded exactly like her dad. And it sounded exactly like uh, the stake president, who is uh, Charles Piper, who is involved. And it sounded exactly like Derek. I mean, they're all scripted. They all say the exact same things. It even sounded exactly like the person who is over all of this. Yes, I told you. I've been in a meeting with him before. I know what he talks like. I know what he sounds like. And she even quoted stuff from him. And I'm listening and going, oh, I see. So there's that person and there's that person and there's that person. But I don't hear you in any of that. And yes, I have spoken to her before she had all of her brainwashing and before she was trafficked and before they gave her her script. So I do know what she sounds like. Uh, and she didn't sound like any of that. Not There wasn't one part of her that showed up. Um, but, you know, I'm supposed to believe it. When you look at the resistance part of this, uh, Cherry was screaming at me that I needed to stop following her aunt around and threatening her. Uh, I needed to stop my podcast and I needed to stop with Allie Cohen. Okay, I'm going to tell you that, yes, I do the podcast. This is me. Uh, I am 100% accountable for everything that I say on this podcast that you listen to, but that's where it stops. Now, uh, Allie Cohen, she has been part of our lives for hmm, a while, uh, like over a decade actually. And she started out helping my husband when he was starting his own business. So, you know, they claim that I have made up Allie Cohen for this specific purpose. Well, look at how long she's been on Facebook. Um, <clears throat> if I put her on Facebook for this purpose, then it should have started just like, what, two years ago? Or, or just recently, as I've just started doing this trafficking mini podcast, right? Uh, no, she's been on uh, Facebook for, like I said, I think about 10 years. I, I'm not sure exactly. I don't keep up on that. Uh, okay, so there's... Allie Cohen, she's different from me. And these people that are following 
Cherry's aunt, who is Annie Nielsen Rott, and yes, I will give her name, but I don't know where she lives. I don't care where she lives. I was even telling my business partner, I said, so they think we're following her around. Uh, Cherry yelled at me about that, and she said, yeah, I heard, and, and she said, like, we've got time to do that. I said, I, I realize that. Now, there are a few things about that uh, that they need to pay attention to. Annie went after Allie, uh, stating that your people need to stop uh, following me and that I know that you're all the same person. And <clears throat> she got really mad that we are following her and threatening her. And I, she told Allie that she was going to uh, tell the cops. And I, I said, well, there's a problem with that because when we were, they were stalking us, we sent pictures to the cops and the cops ignored it. So if the cops pay attention to the pictures they send, then that shows that they are corrupt. I mean, we already know that, but it, it proves it double, right? Also, we're not the ones doing it. You can't trace any of those vehicles back to us. So what's going to happen is it's going to prove that I'm right. I have been telling these people, Allie has been telling these people, uh, lots of members of our organization have been telling these people that uh, you are outing yourselves and the people in charge of you are not going to be happy with that. And they are going to take care of you if you don't stop. And they thought we were joking, laughing. I don't know. I don't take that stuff. I don't think it's funny. Uh, but they are cleaning house. And they are starting with the ones who aren't doing their job very well. And Annie happens to be one of those that is not doing her job very well. Uh, she probably doesn't like doing her job. She started out as a semi-decent person, uh, worked really hard to get her kids born in here. And, and she could have, she hated what Charles Pipkin was doing at the beginning. Uh, she could have stuck with that, but... Uh, Either the money got to her or they got blackmailed her. I don't know, but she turned and she's part of them now. But she doesn't do a good job with it. So the problem is they're going to send these pictures of vehicles to the police and it's not going to be tied back to us because it isn't us. It's them. It's the people who are in charge of them, that we've been saying, they're coming after you. They're going to end you because you're not doing what they want you to do. This is These are not people that you trifle with. And you don't sit there and think that I'm making it up because you think that I am the same person in an organization. I am not. That's how a resistance works. We all sound very similar we are all very fluid. We can move in and out. We can take over where the other one leaves off. And you don't know how many people are in our organization, where we live, what we look like, and where we show up. That's how the resistance wins. If you watch any of the old movies, you know, they walk into a bar and you can't tell who's resistance and who isn't. 
yeah, that's how the resistance wins. I mean, if you can walk in and point out who they are, then they're not doing a very good job. Oh, wait, that's you. I can walk into a room and point out who every single person is in that trafficking organization. I can tell you what their jobs are. I can tell you what they've done, what they look like. Uh, I, I can't tell you where they live. I don't stalk them, but I can tell you everything else about them because they're not good at being fluid and blending and hiding. No, we know everything about them. We know all their secrets. We know where they hide their bodies, literally and figuratively. We know this because they don't follow their, the, (laughs) if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you always got. Because they are doing what they've always done, expecting it to work when we are using different strategy against them. And they refuse to change it up. Now, this will be their downfall. It is their downfall. They are scrambling. They are hurting. They are hiding. They are distancing distancing themselves from each other. They are throwing each other under the bus. They are letting us know who's in charge and who is doing what. And this little... Uh, show that they put on uh, the other day with bringing this cherry forward just gave us more. It did not prove that they're not trafficking. Uh, It was really interesting because, let's see, we had Cherry give us the script and then uh, we had somebody, I think it was Annie, who posted on Allie Cohen's Facebook page and said the exact same thing. So there's another script. And then we had a new member show up. <clears throat> We've known she's part of it, but they, uh, she decided to up her activity in this organization. I'm not going to out her yet. I'm hoping that she will see that she's doing the wrong thing and change. Uh, But she fed her script. It was ridiculous. I mean, you've got five different people saying the exact same thing. Now, if you look at any kind of uh, police or FBI interviewing classes, they tell you that if somebody repeats the same story over and over and over again, it's a lie. You have changes because our memory changes. And if you have five different people telling you exactly the same thing, it's scripted because five different people see it from five different perspectives. You are not going to get, and you could say, well, they're all about the same. They are not. What you have is you have an old man and you have a 17-year-old girl and you have a middle-aged woman and you have an older woman, okay, none of these people are from the same walk of life, but they're all saying the same script. Now, if you're asking, how does that differ from acting like one person and being fluid in that way? Okay, we all think for ourselves in our organization, we just try to make it be as one person. We don't have a script that we all follow. Uh, We are able to think on our feet and we have all chosen 
to be a part of this organization. None of us have been forced or coerced or trafficked or hurt to be in this organization. We're all doing this because we know it's right. We know it's true. So even though we sound similar, we are not the same person and when and we don't show up as the same person. So if you were to interview us, we would all sound different. We would all sound like ourselves. It's just that when we are resisting, we know that we have to be this fluid part so that we can move in and out without the traffickers knowing who we are and how many of us there are. Now, they have an inkling. Uh, they think they know. They don't know for sure. Um, they, they know me and they can point me out. And when I show up, they get very, very nervous. Uh, there are a few other people in our organization that they don't like having any freedom, but they can't do anything about uh, they spend most of their attention on me, which is kind of the point because if they're, you know, we're actually successful at the look over here, not over there tactic where they aren't. So they're busy uh, parading this uh, trafficked scripted girl who's been brainwashed in front of me while I have my organization uh, going around the sidelines watching everything that they're doing. Uh, and fighting them from behind. Now, here's the other point of this. When you say, how do you fight them? You have to see the truth of their organization. You have to see what they aren't saying. This is where I find the most information in what they aren't saying. Um, back in the 80s, there was a soap opera. It was a nighttime soap opera. It was called Dallas. Yes, all of you oldies now know how old I am. Uh, and you young ones are going, what? But there was a big, big plot line to this. Uh, the head of the family, J.R. Ewing, he got shot. And the media, the Hollywood, they built this up. And it was who shot Jr. And that was blown all over, advertised, marketed, who shot Jr. who shot Jr. So that everybody would tune in to that episode to find out who shot J.R. Ewing. All right. All of this stuff that I have been giving you has been building up to who are these people really? Now, I know I've given you some hints, and I know that I've given you some specifics, but the thing about this is that this organization is a cult that is hiding in the, in the local religion, and they have people who are in the upper echelon of the local religion, and they are using those people to make sure that the leadership of the local religion doesn't find out what is happening here. It's like the bishops keeping information from the Pope so that the Pope never knew that these priests were pedophiles and predators. 
it the information never got to the Pope. So the Pope never knew that he had to do something about it. And that is what has been happening here is that they, the local church leaders, they lie. They are in control uh, and they make sure that they only report to the religious leaders that will lie for them. So this whole thing is about to be uncovered. Who shot JR? Who is actually in charge here? What are they actually doing? This isn't just a trafficking organization. This is a cult that has hidden itself within a religion in order to support trafficking so that the traffickers will support the cult. Now you can tell me that this is way far-fetched and there's no way that this could ever be a thing. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you one name, Warren Jeffs. Warren Jeffs was a cult leader who wanted to come into power. His dad was the leader of what was called the FLDS Church, the Fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. And they had their compound in on the borders of Hilldale, Utah and Colorado City, Arizona. They did this to get away from the law. So anytime somebody from Utah would try to come, they'd move all the Ill illegal activity over to the Arizona side and vice versa from the Arizona to the Utah side. <clears throat> what they believed was that the prophet was supposed to be success, uh, in succession. So if the person died who was the prophet, then the next in line, kind of like the kings, the next in line became the next prophet. That's how they believed that they got their prophets. But Warren Jeffs didn't want to be in succession. He didn't want to wait. Uh, so he started his propaganda and made himself prophet of the FLDS religion. If you watch the documentary uh, Prisoner of the Prophet, it's really good. It's about his 65th wife. And yes, I did not mix that up. He actually had 87 wives. His 65th wife tried to escape and actually managed to finally, after 15 tries, escape from Warren Jeffs. Warren Jeffs is in prison right now, still leading the FLDS church. Everybody knows this. He's in solitary confinement. It doesn't matter. He still gets his messages out. He still makes the people do what he wants them to do. And Hilldale, Utah is a bad place. Even the cops know it. Nobody wants to go there. The police who do work there are under Warren Jeff's rule. The people who live there are under Warren Jeff's rule. There is a compound with a gate, a tall fence around it. You don't leave unless Warren Jeffs gives you permission to leave. And you don't do what he doesn't give you permission to do. He is in total control of the people who still live within that fence. 
and he has turned families against each other. He has made uh, parents give him their underage daughters so that he can have sex with them. He has made uh, brothers attack sisters so that he can have sex with them. Uh, This woman who managed to escape, she says that basically what Warren Jeffs wanted to do was mainstream pedophilia. He wanted to make it acceptable because it was a religious thing. And that was his entire goal. Uh, So what you're looking at is it isn't that weird that this would happen in another place and only a few years after Warren Jeffs was actually put in prison. And in fact, this cult does have ties to Hilldale. Uh, This Cherry, she has been in Hilldale. And they keep telling us that she's so happy and she's never had a better life than living in Hilldale. I just told you, Hilldale is a prison controlled by one man. All the women have to have sex with him and any man who disagrees gets kicked out or punished. I'm telling you, Hilldale is not the Garden of Eden. And yet, this is what this is the message that we keep hearing from this 17-year-old girl and all the people who are around her. When you look at it and you wonder why I am telling you all of this, it's because these people are hiding in plain sight. And it is because of the propaganda that society allows it. Nobody looks at the lies and thinks there's anything wrong with it. They're like, oh, that's a lie. Huh, okay, sad. No, not sad. It's wrong. And these people are destroying lives and souls and hurting children and teenagers. And it is up to us as the resistance to stand against it and say, we're not going to allow a cult to take over idyllic small town USA because they looked at what worked. They looked at what they liked and they decided to copy it. Then they looked at what didn't work and what they didn't like and decided to improve on it. The thing about it is, yes, I said, If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you always got. They didn't want to just have cult leaders. They wanted to incorporate the trafficking and the predatory tendencies within the cult. They wanted to support all of that. And they found the perfect storm where they could do it. They found all the right people that they could pull in to this small town in Utah where nobody paid any attention and they got the church leaders that were right above them to lie to the main church leaders so that they could get away with what they wanted to. And everybody's been playing their part and everybody's been doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing and getting what they wanted until my organization came in because we have played the resistance. We haven't answered it the way that they wanted us to. 
And the thing about what I'm trying to do here is I cannot stop these people from being bad. I cannot stop these people from being evil and wanting to do bad things to people. Warren Jeffs, I told you, he's in prison and he's still hurting people. We cannot stop them from being who they are. But what we can do is stop them from hurting the people who were right in front of us. If they go over to Africa and hurt people in Africa, I feel really, really bad, but there isn't anything I can do about it. Now, if the people in Africa who are listening to my podcast hear what I'm saying and start doing the resistance movement themselves, then they can do something about it. And they can fight against these people establishing this trafficking cult which is a new, very modern twist on the cult, but that's what is happening here, then they can stop that from happening. And if the people who are up in Canada who are listening to my podcast see that it's happening up there because there are lots of places to hide in Canada. I mean, come on, most of it is uninhabitable, right? It's cold and nobody wants to go there. So if they see that that's happening there, then they can start a resistance in Canada and they can't form their trafficking cult in Canada. Do you see the purpose of this is not to just stop these people. It is to help good people become the resistance so that we don't have to worry about the fact that our children could walk down to the local gas station and be trafficked. <laughs>